0: Lock
1: Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world.
0: This is John Solomon.
2: It's Bab Zayek Michael Thompson talking to
1: phenomenal AJ Stowles with Charles
3: Johnson. Psycho Killer from Asta Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to SportsCast
2: Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sports Cast Radio.
0: Ladies. <laughs> we yeah. are live, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Another episode of Sportscast Radio coming at you every every Wednesday, ten PM Central Standard Time. We got we got on the docket tonight a little Dallas Cowboys, a little Miami Dolphins, but Luke, you know what's going on right now, right?
4: What's going on right now?
3: This is going on. This is going oh, on man. right now.
1: Oh. oh man. Oh man.
3: Oh. You know what that is, right?
1: Yeah, I learned a game from William Wesley, you can never Ladies and gentlemen,
3: back to back, baby, the Tampa Bay
0: Lightning. To be like
3: Jordan, See ya, Habs. Get the hell out of here. Let's go. Tampa Bay just won the Stanley Cup. As I told you, Andre Vostelevsky just announced your Conn Smythe trophy winner. gets the shout-out tonight. They wanted to win it at home. Dempster said that's what they blew game for. Luke, for your fantasy football's sake, I told you take the Tampa Bay Lightning.
4: But you didn't. No, you didn't. You said take the fucking Islanders, and then <laughs> you were like, "I'm just joking."
3: Yeah, you knew who you, you look. You, you take. I've been talking about the Lightning since they were an expansion team back in the days of Roman Hamrlik and, and Brian Bellows and Chris Gratton, and they have rose to so the you know they had Darren Poopa and that, and now they have risen third cup. 2004 and 2005 when they beat Jerome McGinley, the Wild Killer, with Vinny LeCavallier, Marty Stanley Lee, Brad Richards, and Dave Anderchuk. Ladies and gentlemen,
4: Steven Stamkos a two-time Stanley Cup winner.
3: And it feels good to be right. It feels good to always be right, Luke. Except for the the Lakers. I was wrong about that.
4: You were way wrong about the Lakers. Remember when (laughs) you were like, I'm not scared of the Suns. That is what you told me.
3: (laughs) But hey, at least they lost to the eventual champions.
0: That's all I can say.
3: But I gotta I gotta try to make myself feel a little bit better.
0: There goes
3: (laughs) two as we mentioned we got an awesome show here coming up tonight. Uh ten thirty five we'll be talking. Paul Picking coming back on the show uh as he's gonna bring up this Miami Dolphins team. Um I also I have our six week third of the season uh ranking or record all ready. Set up. I had my man Dave Fizdale, uh, Fizdale help me, Luke. Take that for data. He Ooh, was in here getting it. In, so <laughs> so we, we got all that sitting there ready to go. Um, three strikes. I got an Uber Facts here that we'll play some point in our number one as well. Uh, pretty good one, I think. Um, also, we got to talk to these NBA, uh, NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup. We got all that going on. Also, next week, guys, we are going to give you our live expansion. Uh, mock drafts that we think is going to take place on the 21st. We can come back the following week and we'll compare and contrast where we were right, where we were wrong. Uh, they, you know, superseded our expectations or what the kind of feel is with the Seattle Kraken. But, and I'm excited. Got a lot of good talk. We're talking a lot of football as always. And I want to get right into it off the bat here. Lucas, you with us? Hey, what's up? Hey, we got, we got the uh, Luke squared in the house. Luke's uh, counterpart, Coming in here. Why don't yeah. you, <laughs> real quick, uh, reintroduce yourself to all of our new listeners that we may have on here tonight so they can uh, know you, where you're right, and where they can get a hold of you.
1: Yeah, man. I'm on the we hat. I also do a new podcast. I do Cowboys under So You can listen to that for football. I'm also reading about the Leafs 2 editor and Leaf, so I got you covered on the NHL and the NFL.
3: Hey, man. Tampa or Toronto. I thought they were going to uh, do a little bit better there. I mean, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to thank you guys for taking John Tavares when uh, we were going to give up all that roster to, get, to bring in Tavares and Tampa. And thank you, because now we have back-to-back titles. So I appreciate the uh,
1: Hey, uh, you know what? <laughs> I don't know how Tampa just continues to be so competitive over the past couple of seasons. Like, it's not even fair. They're like, what, $20 million over the salary cap right now? <laughs> the the,
3: the <laughs> correct answer is before he left, I trusted Steve Eisenman. That man could see talent miles away.
4: Shout
3: look at out all these, to Doof. Look, look at all, yeah, Doof, he can kiss my ass, too. <laughs>
0: look, I mean, look at all these guys
3: that are homegrown talent. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And they're going to, you know, Tyler Johnson's probably going to end up in Seattle because they can't keep everybody, you know. So nice little party gift back-to-back titles for him. But um, speaking of back-to-back, I doubt that the Cowboys are going to have back-to-back top ten picks and it all kind of settles into the main man on this offense. Is Dak coming back ready to go? Are you guys excited? Is he going to be the guy to do what everyone thought he was going to do last year and lead you guys back to the playoffs? Or is there
1: still a little bit of uh uh-oh behind him? Honestly, any doubt that's going behind Dak Prescott, I have no idea where it's coming on, like where it's coming from. Because, yeah, I get it. He had a terrible ankle injury. I understand that. But at the same time, It's it's his ankle. It's not his knee. If it was his knee, okay, that's a little bit of an issue. If it's his back, okay, that's more of an issue. But it's his ankle. He's been rehabbing for some time now, and it's Dak Prescott. You know he's going to have top-of-the-line doctors going along with him. And we've already seen through minicamp, he's been looking very, very well. He's been participating in every single drill possible, except for maybe a couple of seven-on-seven drills. Heading into training camp, he's expected to be healthy. He's expected to continue forward and be healthy. He's going to start in week one. I got no issues with him. He's got the arm. He, he would have beat Peyton Manning's passing yards record last season if he didn't fall from injury. He grew for just under 5,000 yards in 2019. There's, I mean, unless you expect the injury to creep up again, you should not be doubting Dak Prescott heading into the season.
4: Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott because on my fantasy football team uh, last year he had an off season. Part of the reason being Dak was down and every it, the offense led through him. Is he going to jump back on the train he's been on since he's been in the league, where he's led, been one of the premier rushers in this league?
1: Yeah, well I'm looking for Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's the he. I think he's the one guy that I would look at on the Dallas Cowboys that has the biggest spotlight. I mean, yeah, Dak has the injury, but Zeke. Yes, he had a down season. Yes, you can look at him year-over-year, rushing yards per game. game. It's been dropping year-over-year. But at the same time, there was a big dip. And the main reason for that, yes, Dak played, you know, I'd say a large role in that. But four of the five starting offensive linemen got injured. And the only one remaining was Connor Williams, who was, you know, he was the worst one of the five. And then at one point, we had two linemen that were not – experience at all they didn't play one snap in the NFL spreading in the same game so at that point you can't expect a running back to go out there and obliterate with no offensive line the only person to do that was Barry Sanders now with the offensive line expected to be healthy I'm sure Zeke is going to bounce back I'm sure he's going to be up there he's going to get at least a thousand yards and he's going to continue to contribute uh, as a receiver because that's how the Dallas Cowboys have been trending so for sure he's going to eclipse a thousand rushing yards. For sure he should be at least at the very least a top five pick at fantasy. And again, it's Zeke Elliott. It's the Dallas Cowboys high powered offense. It's always a safe pick.
3: Do you think this O line is gonna come back and, and do everything that it's used to? I know Josh Ball came in the fourth round. He took a you know, another flyer out of guard, an undrafted came in for the other tackle spot. Like so they didn't put much capital into it like I thought they would have uh, in, the, in the draft. Is that just kind of one of those, eh, it was a fluke, it's not going to happen again?
1: Oh, last season's entire class, that has to be a fluke. The only person that you could look at and say, hey, he's got an injury history is Tyvon Smith. Zach Martin's been relatively healthy. Leo Collins has been relatively healthy. And uh Looney, yeah, he got injured, and Tyler was, uh ended up starting in place of him, and he now he's our starter. But coming in as a sophomore... He should be ready to go by now, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, the only injury concern I have along the offensive line is Tyron Smith. Everyone else, I just think it was kind of unlucky at that point. I mean, when do you ever see four starting offensive linemen out for that long? You <laughs> agreed. Like, come on. You'll see
4: it. It's been a while. Um, your wide receiver yeah. core is one of, like, the top three in the league, I'd say, with Amari Cooper, uh, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb uh should we expect great things out of these guys like what's the word from camp i mean last year cd lamb uh was one of the better rookie receivers by me and ryan's boy uh justin jefferson Uh, Mm. (laughs) um
1: (laughs) uh
4: what, what should we expect out of these three this year
1: um well on the good news okay i have good news and bad news for the cowboys receiving court the good news C.D. Lamb is apparently looking better, better than ever. The coaches are very happy with what they're seeing. They're expecting a huge year out of him. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think he's expected to be kind of on par. I could see him getting maybe around 800 yards. Again, he had 843 last year. Uh, Amari Cooper, though, he finished week 17. He had an ankle injury. He had to get surgery for that. In many camps, they had to pull him out the last couple of days because it's been a lingering problem. Now, heading into training camp, he might not even be be, uh, participating the first couple of days. That's kind of up in the air. So last season, he was wide receiver number one. Heading into this season, you would expect him to be wide receiver number one. If the ankle is still an injury into the season, we might see a drop in production for him. But other than that, Lamb is expected to play very, very well. I, there's no way he's not going to be under 1,000 yards. He had 935 last season. And Michael Gallup, again, he's expected to be putting up a wide receiver two numbers at the number three spot. Amari Cooper, if he's healthy, he can put up another, what, that'll be six out of seven years of 1,000-plus yards. So there's a lot to look forward to for the wide receiving quarterback dollars. Dallas.
3: You know, talk about that wide receiver core. You guys brought in a lot of undrafteds, a couple, you know, late in free agents. Who's the guy that has a chance to break out? I mean, even even going with Fahoko uh, who, who could be a backup, is he kind of the front runner with these late round pick guys? Is there anyone that really catches your eye that, that we got to keep our eyes open for?
1: Honestly, the one guy that I was looking at, which when Dallas drafted him, I was kind of, I was like, you know what? I was kind of interested in him, but, you know, you figured wide receiver, we're stacked on that, so why go for it? But at 6'3", Simi Fihoko is looking like a very intriguing prospect. Like, he's 6'3", but he runs like a bullet. So, (laughs) at that speed, coming out of Stanford, he has a lot of potential. And you know what? You look at this, Michael Gallup, his contract is expiring in the season. If he can fill in that type of role, that type of vertical threat, and make those high-point catches, he's going to fill in perfectly. Will he have much of an impact this season? Honestly, I'm, I don't expect that. I see Cedric Wilson kind of being that number four guy, as, at least as of right now. But next season, then we'll start to see these other guys step in. And I, I think that top guy is going, going to be Ferroco out of the fifth round.
4: After the departure of Jason Wenton a few years ago, you guys have kind of had a... Go at tight end. Uh, Blake Jarwin's there, but you guys bring in a couple guys this year with unrestricted free age, uh, undrafted free agents. Um, who's the guy that's going to get that starting role, and who's going to be like the guy out of those other unknowns to be that second tight end? Do you think?
1: Well, when back when Jason Witten with, was with us, Blake Jarwin was sitting behind him, and. When the whole announcement came that Whedon was leaving, Blake Jordan was going to be the number one tight end. He looked amazing in mini, ta- mini camp. He looked even better in training camp. Unfortunately, he barely even got to play. His knee was blown out. But, you know, right behind him was Dalton Schultz. And he played very well for someone who, you know, wasn't expected to contribute at all. He had 600 yards. He had four touchdowns. And honestly... You could even make the argument that he had a better season than Evan Ingram of the Giants, who ended up being the full bowl, who ended up making the full bowl. So at tight end, I'm not too concerned. Um, I would say, you know what, maybe as far as having a run-blocking tight end, maybe that'd be a little bit of a concern. But then again, we picked up Jeremy Sprinkle, and he's expected to have that role. Dalton Schultz, he's a big guy. He can play that. Maybe not as much as Sprinkle, but he can fill in that role a bit. And Blake Joywin is a former wide receiver, and don't show so that he can be that nice safety and a tight end. So I'm, I'm not worried at tight end either. I think we're pretty much covered on offense.
3: Um, you know, speaking of getting covered on offense, I kind of agree. I think, I think you guys are pretty well stacked on that front. And I remember there's a guy we kind of talked about when you were on here last time when we were talking about the draft, Micah Parsons. He's
0: there, yeah.
3: probably that starting middle linebacker. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if he's going to have to work with Vander Esch with it or if they're going to run both of them, depending on that scheme. But what's what's the level of excitement uh, getting getting a potential if he pans out cornerstone linebacker for the next, you know, 10
1: years or whatever he plays? Honestly, Micah Parsons, at first when we picked him, I was kind of iffy about it. But as I looked more into him, I just love the pick more and more. I mean, this guy is uh, an athletic freak. He is speedy. Like, you could even see – I saw some clips from uh, minicamp, and you would see Dak throw the ball to, like, I don't know, i think he's throwing to Jar. you just see Parsons first out of nowhere coming to intercept it along the sidelines, tap, tiptoeing it in. Like, you don't see that type of athleticism from that many guys, especially a linebacker with that type of speed. I think he's going to be, you know, working with Banders a little bit, kind of starting – especially during the, middle of the uh, sorry, the beginning of the season – um, it's going to be Jalen Smith, Persons, and Vander Esch for right now. I'm not exactly sure how, he's getting, how uh, Dan Quinn's going to fit Keanu Neal in there. Same thing with Tox. It's going to be a very tight battle between the linebackers, personally. But yeah, I could see Michael Persons sliding in immediately at middle linebacker. He's got the vision. He's got the explosiveness. He's got the speed. And you know what? If he can go ahead and make those plays that he did in min camp, hey. The Dallas Cowboys linebackers are going to go back to, back to how they were a couple of years ago when they were running it very, very, very well among the best, you know, in the league, among the best group linebackers in the league.
4: The defensive front, the starters look solid. In the offseason this year, you guys bring in three um, draft picks and Chauncey Golston, uh, Quinton Bohana, and Osal, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Odagozuwa. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, know, totally uh, do, you, <laughs> do you think they address the draft so high at this position because the front office is worried about depth or their starters there?
1: Um, I think that they're still trying to figure out what they have in Tristan Hill. We don't really know that. And same thing with Gallimore. Tristan Hill had a really bad injury. He never got a chance to play in his rookie season. Gallimore had his good flashes, a little bit inconsistent. But when he plays well, he plays very, very well. I would have thought that the team would have attacked the interior line earlier just because of how desperate the need was, but I guess no one really popped off the charts for them. Odigizua, in my opinion, is the highest potential guy out there. Bohana, I'm looking at him being that nose tackle. He's definitely playing uh, on the goal line stand, without a doubt. He's a big guy. He likes to cover the gap. He doesn't make any flashy plays, but he does all the dirty work and he takes away the space, which is exactly what the Dallas Cowboys have been needing. We tried signing Dontari Poe, and that did not work out well, so hopefully Vohana fills in that ball. Um, Oda I'm looking at him as being the guy that really needs to step up and run away with it, because if he plays well, he can go straight into the sturdy lineup, despite Gallimore and Hill having the edge ahead of him. But again, it's still a shaky interior line. We there's not much that we know for sure. We're going to have to kind of wait until the season starts to really see what we have.
3: Uh, quarterback has always been something that I feel like as of late they needed to address. We had talked before a lot about Patrick Sertan coming in at that number 10 pick. It doesn't end up happening, which was a little bit surprising. Um, yeah. But second round, you grabbed Kelvin Joseph. Third round, uh, uh, took uh, Nishon Wright. What's kind of the, the yeah. thought there? Trayvon Diggs will kind of get some more reps, I think, this year. Um, how's, the, how's that cornerback, not even the safeties, but just the cornerbacks in general looking?
1: The cornerbacks, it's kind of uh, – it's, it's a little bit different this year because Dan, I know Dan Quinn likes the big corners up front, and that ex- completely explains the reason why they went out and reached – I mean, it was a, one hell of a reach, but why they reached for Ray. <laughs> <Naysanbe. laughs> Because he's a four, he's a big guy. He likes to make the plays on the ball. He's not going to be expected to go and run around and you know, chase guys to so just sit there and cover that little spot, cover that zone, just like how Richard Sherman did, just like how um, they taught Richard Sherman in Seattle. And so at cornerback, I'm kind of concerned. But as long as, as, long as the corners do their job and don't do anything more, it should at least be enough to get by. Trevon Diggs, I was very impressed with him last season. You know, some speed bumps, but it is what it is. Going to sophomore season, I would expect a bit of a jump. Anthony Brown, he played well at times, but hasn't really solidified his spot. So him sliding in as a possible cornerback number two is a little bit concerning. Calvin Joseph, whether he's ready to slide in right away or not. Again, I'm not 100% sure about that. Jordan Lewis, for sure he's going to be the number three. He's going to be in the slot. He's played very, very well in that position. But Anthony Vaughn and Kelvin Joseph, those two guys, I'm kind of concerned about. But weirdly enough, out of mini camp, it looks like Nason Wright is getting a lot of traction. His name has been coming up a lot. He's been making a lot of plays on the ball. So I think he's a dark horse to, you know, run away with the with the cornerback number two right now.
4: That safety duo up there in um, Donovan Wilson and Reggie Robinson II, are you at all uh, worried about that duo? You guys lose Xavier Woods this offseason to uh, the Vikings. You guys bring in DeMonte Casey this offseason, who's a veteran from Atlanta, and then you also draft Israel Mukuamu in the sixth round. Um, you got some young talent there. Is there any worry there, or will these two be able to get the job done, do you think?
1: I mean, I think the starting, the top two is going to be Donovan Wilson DeMonte Casey. I think those are going to be the top two guys running it. Um, Wilson, we've seen him, you know, break out last season. We never really thought much of him until we saw him burst out last season and make, you know, make Delvin Cook look like a little kid twice, hit him twice and made him bop up the ball, which is amazing. Amazing. I love seeing, you know, the Vikings get turned around with, of course. Um <laughs> <and then>. uh, <laughs> Demonte Casey he led the he led the NFL in interceptions not long ago. Try. It! Um, there it was. Huh? I had to hit. I I
3: had
0: to, I had to cue this up. Try. Talk <laughs> the Vikings. I couldn't find
1: it. I was like, oh, no, that was a good one. I gotta cue it up. <laughs> yeah, hey, I had to man. I had to tell us, You know, Coach just didn't look too good that game. He looked a little hurt, A little shook up. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Casey, if he's able to be that ball hawk that he was a couple of seasons ago, then we should at least be stable. We need that safety net over top. Uh, Donovan Wilson, we've seen him make those hits. We've seen him, you know, do that. If he can keep that up, that'll be solid, but that's not going to be enough. If Casey can be that, you know, that ball hawk and be that safety net over Anthony Brown or Kelvin Joseph, whichever one, and Trevon Diggs, and that'll allow them to stay up front. Well, again, there's a question mark around the defensive backs. We don't exactly know what we have here. Um, you know, just kind of got to mm-hmm. wait and see what's going to happen. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about the group of defensive backs. It's going to be or make or break.
3: The, what, one thing I did want to address is just, just because of, you know, you got a couple former Rams in it. This special teams unit just feels like it could make or break a lot of these games. If you guys are really getting Legatron, if CD lamb can really, you know, return and and use that speed. Is this something where we're unlike, we're not like most teams, but the special team can really hinder? You know, the difference between a five game swing and win loss.
1: I mean, yeah, we've seen special teams really influence a game one way or another, and I think it's special teams are still very underrated, to be honest. Um, and we've seen that a couple of seasons ago where we couldn't punt the ball more than thirty yards, and. You know the other team constantly started at the 50 yard line. That came that came back to bite us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ceedee Lamb, I expected him. I expect him to come in. He did very very well returning uh returning the ball in college. Um, I'm looking at this right now. Returning punts, he averaged 12.8 yards in 2018 with Oklahoma. So he's able to do it. He can do it. He, we've seen him run with the ball. We've seen him last season with Dallas. You know, doing some jet sweeps. He has the potential. Um, whether he'll turn it up a notch this season or not, we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to see if Pollard can take it away on the kick return. He made a step up last season after being very questionable this season prior. Um, But that's going to be make or break. A nice guy like uh, nice wander. He's someone that we picked up last season, and he filled in very well. Um, Special teams, very underrated. I think it's good enough to get by. Um, Again, we kind of have to see Zerline. I'm, 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 I'm hoping he keeps it up. Zerline coming out of, uh, coming out of LA, he should be good. Greg the Leg, always reliable. <laughs> nice, wander. Think, nice Wander, I think is the guy to watch on the Dallas Cowboys special team. You know,
3: and the other, the other thing that I always think is a glaring question too. And this, this completely goes offside or uh, away from the, the offense portion. But it's always another thing with the Cowboys where. You, you kind of got to look at, it, especially how it's been. But with with Mike McCarthy coming in, and it's seeming like you know Dan uh, you know, Garrett was never going to leave. That you know it felt like like Jerry Jones, like it was his son. McCarthy yeah. <laughs> comes in, you know. Now it's a top ten pick, and I understand Dak got hurt and it changed the whole thing. The O line got hurt, it changes everything. But does this does this coaching core, you know Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, do they have a shorter leash than normal because? of of who they replaced or is it one of those things where they're going to have their time to, to, to figure this out?
1: Honestly, out of all the guys in Dallas, I think the only one that he's safe is Kellen Moore. And the reason being ah. because we've seen, we've seen Kellen Moore have success last season and even before when Jason Garrett was around. So Jerry believes in Kellen Moore. He's had him as a backup as soon as uh, he was done playing football, converted him into a coach and had him rise up the ranks into offensive coordinator. I think he's the only one that's safe. Mike McCarthy, this is a tricky one. I've had a lot of talks about Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Um, a lot of people didn't like the signing at first. Um, I, I kind of liked it, but I was kind of scared. You know, was he the one running the show in Green Bay, or was he not? Aaron just looks like he's doing completely fine without McCarthy. So we know how it's going in Green Bay. Heading over to Dallas, will he be able to do the same thing that, you know, he did to Rodgers but to Dak? Hey, we saw how good Dak Prescott played before he got injured, right? Yeah. So McCarthy, I, it's too early to tell with him. And because he's an offensive-minded coach, I think he'll be more safe because of how good the offense has been and because of how Jerry Jones likes to spoil the offense. But it's going <laughs> to come at the cost of the defense. And then that means that Dan Quinn's going to have a hard time. And, you know, I feel bad for the guy because he's been proven to play, to, you know, coach very, very well with Seattle, winning a Super Bowl and then bringing them to another. In Atlanta, maybe it was a different story, blowing, you know, twenty. <laughs> lead. But, you know, you know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> but, he yeah, did become guess, a meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, he became a meme. He became that talking point. Uh, You know, will he be able to live up to the pressure? I don't know. It was handed to him. He just couldn't hold on. Um, But, yeah, McCarthy, I think he'll be safe as long as the offense is doing well. Kellen Moore, he's safe because he's proven that he's able to do his job more than well enough, leading the team to consistent top-end performances. And Dan Quinn's just going to be the guy that, you know, just gets screwed. (laughs) He's just going to be that guy. As good as he does... if the defense doesn't pull it together no matter how bad Jerry screws him on the roster he might not he might not end up doing too so well um so I gotta ask
3: you this as we kind of close up here uh we we ask everybody what's your thought what is going to be this team's final record
1: the final record oh man um Honestly, I think I remember when I was in, with my buddy on Cowboys Unrestricted BG. We did a little walkthrough, game by game of uh, what game she thought we were gonna win, what game she thought we were gonna lose. I think I, end, I ended up with something like a um, well, now it's a seventeen game, 17, uh, 17 games. so we didn't oh, update oh. it. For that, Ooh, that's gonna be interesting. I think I think before we was sixteen. I ended up with twelve and four, and he ended up with with uh, ten and six. Um, so it'd have to stay within that range. I'd say twelve and four to so twelve and five to I don't know. I'd say like thirteen and four. I think that'd be a decent range. That'd be a, so, a good range for them. To reach. I think that's reasonable for them. What what, what what's your final? You going thirteen and 12 or
3: five? I'm writing this down.
1: You know what? Just to be safe, because it's the Dallas Cowboys, I'm gonna to have to go twelve and five. Twelve and five, it is
3: okay. It's, uh, that's I'll that take word. the
1: safe route on this one.
3: Um, so far, I'm looking at this two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. 10, 12. Out of these 13 writers, only one person has set a losing record. And unfortunately, it was the New York Jets, 6 and 11. <laughs> but
0: um, you are yeah. the
3: closest to getting caught up in the 17-game schedule. Everybody's been like, eh, oh, I got to think of the number. Because <laughs> you know, we're all so uh, you know, normalized between, ah, oh, 8, 8, ah, oh, you know, 10 and 6. And I was like, oh, wait. I got to end a game. Everything changes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just good me chance on time. that. Like, oh, damn, you're 17 now. I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, Lucas,
3: go ahead one more time. Plug everything you got for anyone that might have jumped in a little bit later. Uh, it's
1: always a pleasure to have you on here, man. Thanks for having me. You can reach me at the Lange Hat. If you want to cover, if you want to read about the Dallas Cowboys, I also do Cowboys Unrestricted. It's on, Apple. It's on the Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, it's everywhere. And, hey, if you're interested in the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm also writing a on Editor and Leafs. You can reach me on Twitter, at Lucas Masterson, same thing, on Instagram. Thanks a lot. All right. Heck yeah, man. We'll, we'll, you I'm much. sure we'll talk again as the season goes on. <laughs> we'll reach out, okay? Oh, yeah, for sure. Take it easy. I have
3: a good one. There. That was the Dallas Cowboys 12-5, and five, Luke.
1: Not happening. <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, uh, breaking news, as well, just came out. The Home Run Derby Brackets have been announced. Who? Who's going to win? On the right side, we have the 2-7 Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story. Uh, the winner of that will take on the winner of the three-seeded Matt Olson against the six-seeded Trey Mancini. Over on the left side of the bracket, the number four Salvatore Perez takes on pete alonzo the five seed and then the eight seed jim giovanni soto or juan soto excuse me takes on the number one seed shohei otani shohei
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man uh real quick before we we grab into this uh, miami dolphins chatter um luke i got a couple uh i got a couple a couple of real quick things you wanna, I want to run, I run through that I always find hilarious. Uh, I'm just trying I to find the you, you I can't, can't hear you. You can't hear me?
4: You're kind of like staticky. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that any better? No. Hold on. Let me unplug my mic and plug it back in.
3: It's probably on your end. Trash. Now he's gone. He probably got kicked off. See? I told you, you're trashhead. Because you live in the sticks. And he gone.
0: <laughs> he's gone. He's oh, gone. Oh, he got booted.
3: <laughs> Let's go. That's too funny. Uh, I did have a spit take for everybody. Real quick. i like to give a shout out to the man that I said was going to be a bust. Um. Mr. 1 Garrett Cole, size of the Yankees for all that money. Before and after the Sticky Substance Enforcement, Uh, ERA went from a 2.31. Oh, here he is. See, it was your end, Luke. It was your your end. Back
4: in black.
3: (laughs) As as I said, we we got a spit take tonight, Luke. uh, Garrett Cole, before and after on the Sticky Substance, 2.31 ERA, now a 6.46. Batting average for opposing hitters at a point one nine eight now at a two uh point two seven four. Slugging went from a point three two five to a point five three two. Our uh, base percentage went from a point five five four to a point
4: eight eight
3: four. He's trash. That's crazy. Also, for the fourth time since two thousand eleven, uh the the man who is with the, the tribal chief himself, Jimmy Uso, arrested for another DUI.
4: so uh, he's tight.
3: Somebody somebody uh, tweeted at Russell Radio and said maybe uh, Roman Reigns should be the designated driver instead of the head of the table.
4: <laughs> the head of the table. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. We oh, Sorry, that. I
4: didn't. I'm sorry I didn't laugh at that last night. I know you told me, Wait. but I don't think I un- I don't think he, I understood what he was trying to say. So I just yeah. like didn't
3: listen. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, uh, I was like, oofda, oofda. With that being said. That was our spit takes for the week, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, we're going to keep the ball. We're going to keep this ball rolling here. Mr. Paul Pink, are you with us, sir?
2: Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Hey, how
3: are we doing?
0: Good.
3: Once again, as per normal, for all of our new listeners that we always uh, accrue over time, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself one more time to all the great people listening tonight.
2: Yeah, man. I'm Paul Picken from uh, On the Fin Side. We're uh, partnered up with Minute Media for our podcast. We're out on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash On the Fin Side. You can find us on iHeart, Spotify, all those happy, fun places out there. If you got a podcast place, you can probably find us there.
3: You, you got to get it on that. Uh, what's what's that other like? There was a crazy. Are you guys on Spreaker?
2: We we started out on Spreaker. I think our stuff still goes there, but we actually oh, switched yeah. platforms when we signed our partnership. <laughs> So we're, I, at, we're I, on a minute I, I, media's platform now.
3: Okay. Okay. I know I had a buddy who was uh, obsessed with, with Spreaker. They just they loved being on Spreaker. And I was like, well, my only thing is we can't take like live calls. He's like, I don't care. I love Spreaker. And I was like, all right, man. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he loved it. Um, oh, yeah. So- we we,
2: uh, we we do the live part on YouTube now um, so we can take our feedback with folks, uh, you know, interact with folks during the show and then. Uh, you know, after the fact, we pump it out onto iTunes and all those happy places, man.
3: Yeah, see, it, it probably works better than Blog Talk, because usually Blog Talk radio treats us like Triple H and just buries us every week.
2: It's like oh, awesome. yeah, get, get, <laughs> getting, getting the pedigree in the middle of a show was always awesome when we were on Blog Talk,
0: man. I mean, you
3: you were just on hold, and, uh, you know, looks like, your mic's a little, little itchy, and you know? I was like, oh, really? And then he's like, let me unplug mine, and then boom. God, see ya. Got him with a slant right in the head. <laughs> Game
0: over.
3: <laughs> but it's, all, it's okay. We, we make it work, damn it. We always do. <laughs> but um, oh. I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this Miami Dolphins team. I feel like it's going to be, regardless of the record, I think they're going to be so fun. And I think now that he's had some time to get used to it and get going, to a by Aloha, can he bring his team back to the playoffs?
2: I think you can. I mean, you look at this roster top to bottom. It's a ten and six roster last year. I mean, it, it's people underrate the fact because they didn't go to the playoffs because you know they weren't in the NFC where they would have been one, <laughs> two, or three speed.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <stop with> <laughs>
2: it's teams
3: winning divisions. Like, get out of here. Oh,
2: I mean, they were a ten and six team that in the last game of the year, their half healthy receiver and Devonte Parker. Uh, was in an on and off the field where isaiah ford Mac hollins uh, you know um, Durham Smythe because of Mike Kosicki's neck injury
1: were out there <laughs>
2: and two was thrown with with you know no muscle tone in his drive leg because he couldn't walk at the start of the season i mean good Lord like it, it, it's they were able to do all they did with with limited weapons, and they've gone out and added weapons in spaces this year. I mean, they added Will Fuller, who, yeah, he's going to miss the first game, but he'll still get a full 16 season. Um, you know, they get uh, what's-his-face back, Albert Wilson, who's been looking great in camp. Um, you know, they'll get Preston Williams back for a few games before he goes back on IR, but that that is what it is. And then they add Jalen Waddle in the first round. Uh, and don't underrate Hunter Long as well at tight end. I mean, Hunter Long was really dynamic for B.C., and he's one of those underrated guys that they grabbed in the third round that you go to a two-tight end set with him and Gesicki, you're creating mismatches that force one-on-ones on the outside.
4: What's the excitement about this wide receiver uh, core going on over there for the Dolphins? They add Jalen Waddle, like you said, in the first, get two of his old buddy. They bring in Wolf Fuller, who showed he can do big things downfield, and when Devontae Parker's on the field, he looks like he's not – uh, elite tier, but definitely one of the top tier wide receivers in this league.
2: Absolutely. I mean, we're, it's, it, it's pretty gung ho for it. I mean, and, and you've got a couple of trick weapons that you're going to be picking between between with Jakeem Grant, Lynn Bowden, um, Robert Foster's actually looked really good in minicamp camp uh, that Miami signed from Buffalo. Uh, you know, and then you've got Malcolm Perry as well that you slide as a running back. He's one of those, you know, uh, what's-his-face there from the Steelers. You're Cordell Stewart-type players uh, out of Navy last year. Um, you can line up a quarterback in the Wildcat. You can line him up at running back. You can line him up a wide receiver. He's not great at any of those. But I think it was Jerome Baker last year was saying that in practice, Malcolm Perry was the hardest guy to tackle on the field.
3: There's, you know, There was a lot of talk that we had about potentially grabbing one of those running backs late, late first, early second. And once mm-hmm. again, same round as 2019, they went with a seventh-round running back. They bring in Malcolm Brown from the Rams. And it's kind of back to that, you know, who's going to do what And in – I thought they had a valuable opportunity to upgrade it, and they didn't. Is this an underrated running back core, or is that kind of a concern that, yeah, they didn't uh, upgrade like they should have?
2: Well, Miles Gaskin was really efficient when he wasn't hurt last year. I mean, it, it he actually averaged a lot more than people realize he did. And Jared Dokes was a guy out of Cincinnati that I really did like. I'm not huge on the Malcolm Brown signing. Yeah, he can smash a little between the tackles, and that's about it. But Dokes is one of those guys, I mean, he won me over when I was looking at his Twitter feed, and I saw if you want to keep your quarterback clean, you draft me. Um, (laughs) And that that says a lot to me because I I like a back that can smash somebody that breaks through. Uh, And and Dokes can do that. He can get those tough yards. And he's got a little more burst and vision than people realize. You watch his footage. He's a guy that you don't even see a hole there and he manages to squeak through, even though he's a big guy. Um, Jordan Scarlett's looked okay in camp. I don't see him having a huge role, but I could be wrong. And to a team to have as weird as this might sound a lot of chemistry with Patrick Laird coming out of the backfield last year on little, you know, sideline flat routes, um, bubble screens, et cetera. And, and you know, you look at some of the guys he, he or some of the third down plays that he converted last year, Laird was kind of his guy. So there's going to be a little more competition than people realize, and I hate to say it, but you look around the AFC East, tell me if there's a better running back than, than Miles Gaskin in the East right now.
4: There's not.
3: <laughs>
4: exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was
3: um, an uh odd ass way to agree with him. <laughs> I, I, mean, so,
4: I was <laughs> itching my face as I went to go and talk and then as I was talking I was like, This is gonna sound really awkward. <laughs>
2: uh, most people can't itch their face and talk at the same time. I mean, you know. It I, was is what killing,
4: it is. I was
3: killing it.
0: Um so then I'm there thinking, was a...
3: shit, he got triple H'd again because he 'cause no. you know, he spoke out about having a bad match and he's not yeah. again. Um,
4: This offseason with Deshaun Watson, uh, before all his allegations happened, um, there was a lot of talk of the the Dolphins putting a trade package together for him with Tua and everything. Is Tua still the Dolphins guy? I mean, I know he's come in. uh, His rookie season, there was a lot of worry about that hip injury when he was in college. Uh, I mean, is this team dedicated to Tua, or is this just going to be a thing where (laughs) eventually they're going to replace him? (laughs)
2: I mean, they are. And one of the things with Tua that people – everybody wants that quarterback that comes in and just throws a ball through a a barn door. Uh, (laughs) And that's that's not Tua's style. Tua's style is elite accuracy. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick still sings his praises, even though he's up in Washington right now with the nameless football team. Uh, You know, and and, and Tua – we haven't seen him play in the pros being able to get drive off that back leg people forget how important your footwork is as a quarterback. And he was still putting the ball in some pretty special places at times. Last year. And that's despite the fact that Chan Gailey, you know, had about three plays because he wanted Fitzpatrick on the field. Cause you know, he and Fitzpatrick go way, way back. Cause they're both, you know, 107 years old.
0: And <laughs> it, it's,
2: you know, there were so many goofy moments where Tua showed something and, Shane Gailey just sat there and went, no, nope. Like Pete Carroll at the one-yard line in the Super Bowl just refused to do what worked.
3: <laughs> you know, I I agree a lot about that. And, you know, hopefully with, you know, with the staff in place this year, do, do, they, do they seem to have more faith in Tua –
2: yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, sorry, I thought <laughs> I thought you were going further with that question. No, so was yeah, I, well, I wasn't I,
3: itching I my face concerned. or anything. Don't he worry. My, the back of my neck, too, and I was like – Bro, you got to use
4: the itching the face excuse.
3: No, I, yeah. Uh, I know yeah. You're doing.
4: <laughs>
2: but, no, I mean, they do. And one of the things as well is, like, Liam Eikenberg, uh, out of Notre Dame is probably going to be a starting right tackle this year. They've really improved along the offensive line, even though people don't give it the credit it's due. I mean, they started three rookies on the offensive line last year, who yeah. did well and improved throughout the season. They're not; they weren't a top unit, but name me the last top unit that started three rookies on the offensive line. <laughs> it's it, it, you know, the biggest worry I have as far as the offense goes, to be honest with you, is Matt Skura. After he got the yips with Baltimore, it, it's that terrifies me at center, especially given the fact that if he can't go, you're not really sure who your guy is. Maybe it's Michael Dieter. Maybe it's Larnell Coleman, or maybe they'll do what they worked on a little bit in camp last year and try to convert Jesse Davis to a center. But it's the center position scares me a little bit. They went after a few guys. Um, They kept uh, Teddy there on, on standby. And he said, screw it. I'm going back to the Patriots, even though I'm probably not going to start. And, so they wound up signing Skura, who if he didn't get the yips last year looked like an all pro going into the season and came back from an injury and just didn't look like the same guy so if he can regain the form this is an offense that that's going to do some fun things they've got some snowplows up front they've got offensive line depth um but again it, it's you know, the, one of the most underrated and important positions along that offensive line is the guy that actually gets the ball to the quarterback.
3: You know, and real quick, that's, I, I think that's a great great point that you that you mentioned with Skura because I've, I've talked to a couple people that are like, oh, you know, he he's going to be you know this amazing upgrade, and I go, yeah, if he if he can be what he what he should be, but there is a reason he's not in Baltimore anymore. If he was like that, mm-hmm. he'd probably in Baltimore. And I don't think people correlate the two together for whatever reason or not. Like, there's a reason that it's a different scenery, you know. Now it's, now it's the redemption. you got to fix it. But uh, I, I digress, Luke. Uh, I'll turn it back to you.
4: Why are you taking my turn and stuff again?
3: Sorry, because I apparently <laughs> didn't ask a long – I didn't give a long-winded <laughs> enough question the first time where I confused the entire world. So I had, had to come was- in and talk more. Yeah
0: it's true. There's uh, a man uh,
3: running around with a Dan Boyle jersey on with, a, with his kid on his shoulders, and the kid almost gave the dad a dragon rana. I, I'm not, it was just on SportsCenter. I'm not even lying. They're, these Tampa Bay fans are nuts. I love it. That's cool.
0: tight. Let's
3: go back to back, baby. No, I, just,
2: <laughs> I just want to comment on what you were just saying, though, about, about the center position, because people don't realize how bad Matt Scurro was. In, like, once he fell apart in Baltimore... I don't know if you've seen Major League Two, but there was a, oh, yeah. a, a catcher Baker, in Major League baby. Two, Rube Baker.
0: Like
3: <laughs> butt
2: He started snapping the ball like Rube Baker every time he he got nervous about throwing the ball <laughs> to the pitcher. And, I mean, if anything's gonna take out to his hip this year, it's an errant snap from Matt Skurra. Oh, no. yeah.
0: Do
3: you do you think Brian Flores should uh should have him read the 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 playboy uh, about me section i mean if start with out. the
2: victoria's secret catalog and go from <laughs> there like and we'll see what happens you know
3: god <laughs> i lo- that is being being one of my buddies uh you may have talked to him when you're on you know previous previous seasons for this but that is one of the most quotable movies i've ever seen in my entire life and we find so many ways to just in our everyday life quote that movie like the other day oh. we were uh, we, we were cleaning something up in our back room and and, he's, and I was like, man, you seem stressed. And he's like, it's a heart attack thing. And, and it was just, you know, it started laughing, you know. We, we had a boy who showed up on time uh, two days in a row. We said, you do it one more time, that's a winning streak. And he had no idea what we're talking about because he's like 18. But, oh, it's oh. Such, a, such a great movie. I'm so glad you said that.
0: <laughs> oh, dude.
2: Like, it, it's Major League, the replacements, the – what was it? Um, Unnecessary Roughness. Yeah. Come on, man. Some of those are the most quotable movies of all time. And I, I love the fact that the kid's old enough now that I'm exposing him to all these movies. Like, here, come watch this shit. Like, yeah. you know.
0: Oh, God, it's good. Uh, you guys
4: bring in DJ Fluker this offseason from Baltimore as well for that offensive mm-hmm. line. Is he going to start this season or is he going to be there just for that?
2: Uh, If he's a starter, we failed. Uh, it, it's,
0: and, and that's, that's not
2: a dig on Fluker. It's just the fact that Solomon Kinley looked great last year. I really liked what I saw from him. Um, you know, it, it's, they're probably kicking Robert hunt into guard. Jesse Davis has probably lost his starting spot, uh, at right tackle to Liam Eichenberg. Austin Jackson showed a lot more than I expected at left tackle. And, you know, unless Fluker knows how to snap the ball, he's kind of without a seat uh, unless, unless they start going to that, you know, overload where they bring in a a tackle eligible. It's, you know, but at the same time, Fluker adds a lot of depth with his positional flexibility, which is something Flores and his staff really loves is guys that can come in at multiple positions and impact the game. So if Kinley hurts his ankle again, or Robert Hunt goes down, you've got somebody that can come in at guard. If, you know, Liam Eikenberg struggles a little bit at tackle or, Austin Jackson gets hurt. You've got somebody that can come in and play either of the tackle spots and you've got that flexibility with guys like him, Jesse Davis. Um, and actually undrafted Robert Jones uh, as well.
3: You know, we always talk about uh, young quarterbacks love their tight ends. It's always just, a, you know, an easy out if you need it while you're figuring out the speed of the game and vice versa.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Mike Siki. Is there, um, you know, you had mentioned Dermot Smith. They draft Hunter Logan. What's kind of a... Hunter Long. Or Hunter Long. I said Long. Did I say Long Hunter?
2: No, you said (laughs) Hunter Logan. He's probably related (laughs) to
4: the Logan Paul and stuff. That's fine. Or, or Hunter Hearst. Right.
2: We'll, 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 we'll just give you the Victoria's Secret catalog. You can read it so you can, you can <laughs> I, get the name.
3: We're good. I, I, I probably should have said Hunter Hearst Helmsley, or I'm going to get kicked off of blog Talk. I, I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> I Um did differently. Is there kind of, you know, is it Kaseki Spot, or are they going to kind of try some things for Tua with these three? Even more, to be honest with who else they have. I mean, I...
2: Honestly, we we've talked a lot on our show about the fact that Durham Smythe is an above-average blocker who can catch a little more than people realize. And if they can get a sixth or a seventh-round pick for him from from one of these teams that's starved for somebody that can play the position, I mean, Tennessee would be an ideal spot for him. Washington Football mm. Team, where he's got a little relationship with Fitzpatrick, would be an ideal spot for him. It, it's there are too many guys, and it looks like Miami's probably going to look at a fullback. Uh, given the fact that they signed Stephen Carter off of Cincinnati to come in and be that H-back, fullback type. I can see a lot of two tight end sets with Hunter Long and Mike Kosinke. Mike Kosinke a little more of a big slot. I mean, the only place he knows how to block anything is on Twitter. Um, it, it's, I mean, I, I can't tell you. In the Raiders game last year, he threw an actual block, and we went nuts for about two weeks about it, which tells you something. Um, it, it, it's, But Hunter Long is a little bit more – the comparison I like to use for him is he's a lot more athletic Anthony Fasano with a lot better catch radius, and Fasano was a sneaky good tight end for with a limited athletic skill set. If if you had given him an ounce of athleticism, he would have been a lot better. He, he would have been a damn good tight end. So having Hunter Long in there to sneak in with Mike Kosicki and you've got Will Fuller on the outside, you've got Jalen Waddle possibly in the slot, and the, you know you go to a five set you can move those guys in tight. You can move those guys out wide and you're going to be occupying the safety, helping somebody somewhere. And it's going to leave holes in the field. And that's Miami wants you to pick your poison for how they beat you. And they're finally have a roster that they can start to set that up to do that with. And that's where you had brought up to Sean Watson earlier. Miami's been investing in the future and, and, what it would have cost to get Watson in some type of James Harden-like package before you know Watson drafted every massage therapist he could find <laughs> on Instagram it is it would have cost too much of the – you would have been mortgaging the future for one player. And it, just, it doesn't work for me, especially given the fact that Tua did, did well last year with no plant foot. Like, I mean, you, imagine what he can do when he actually can use his footwork again. Yeah, people jumped the gun on him, I think. They really do. People do that often. I mean, look at look at years ago with RG3 and, and Andrew Luck when, what was it, year one, people were like, oh, did the Colts make a mistake going with Andrew Luck? Uh, you know, they should have gone with RG3. Like, yeah, how'd that pan out? Like, yeah, he retired <laughs> due to injury, but, you know, he put together more than one good season.
4: That is true. Uh, to transition over to defense here, uh, a lot of yeah. uh, analysts said, um, Jalen Phillips and the other defensive end slash linebackers. Um, a lot of them were going to go later in the first round. Like Ryan said earlier, me and him both pitted a running back at that for at the later first round pick. What, what do you think mm-hmm. we're going to see out of Jalen Phillips this year?
2: I mean, if he can keep clear of the concussion issues, he's going to be a monster. It, it's, and he doesn't have to be the guy like Miami does a lot of positionless things on, on, on defense. So being able to move guys like Phillips and Andrew Van Ginkle around and allow, you know, your front three to get a little bit better rush. I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit for the kid, but the pressure's not on him because of the fact that you saw the emergence of guys like Andrew Van Ginkle last year, you saw Jerome Baker is like a heat seeking missile on the blitz and you're going to see them be able to do a little more of that because you've traded for Bernard Rick McKinney and your continued abuse of, of, of the Houston Texans.
3: Um, you know, second rounders is to another spot where I thought maybe a running back went Javon Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice free safety, by the way. Nothing against it, it, just it still was kind of like he mentioned with Jalen Phillips, not what I think a lot of people thought. Um, was safety that big of a, a need for the team?
2: Need, no. I mean, they would have been just fine with Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain this year. But at, and they, they, uh, they also got uh, bup, 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 uh, Brandon I'm Jones sure. last year, who showed a lot of promise as a rookie. But oh, yep, yep. J- Javon Holland and Brandon Jones are probably the future at the position for, for the Dolphins. Miami's going to go to a lot of free safety looks. And Javon Holland, you know, you watch tape on this kid. The kid pops. He can come up, play the line of scrimmage, and still get back and play the deep middle. He can come from the deep middle and, and rush the passer. I mean, he can do, and he can cover tight ends. He can cover a wide receiver. You could throw him out there in the slot, same with Brandon Jones, and they're going to be successful. So they can put pretty much anybody that's not a, a, a boundary corner on, the, on that secondary on notice as well as come up and play in the box.
4: You guys have a young uh, defensive front here with Ogba, Wilkins, and I forgot who the other guy was off the top of my head. Rayquan is from Alabama. Yep, that's it. You, you,
2: <laughs> you, you've got to incorporate Zach Seeler into that that starting bit for those guys. Okay. And the reason I say that is is with, with those big defensive linemen, it's such a heavy rotation. It's like you've got four or five starters, depending on the situation, you name it. Um, as it stands right now, I don't. I mean, yes, you're only going to have two or three on a field at a time, but really, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, um, Adam Butler, and probably Zach Sealer are going to be your heavy, heavy usage guys there. Um, and, and these guys are physical freaks. I mean, Christian Wilkins, I think he's on a little more notice than people realize. It's he has not produced. In a way that people expected for him, given his draft position, um, yeah, he's been okay, but he hasn't been that special player people expected from that first round. If he had been a third rounder doing what he does, people would probably be like, yeah, okay, good for him. But you know, it, it's I almost like Sealer being on the field better than than Wilkins, which is crazy for me to say.
3: You know, uh, I asked about the safeties too, and I'm kind of looking at it too. How's the cornerback? Uh, the cornerbacks kind of deviating out here. Um, not really any new names, which is usually a surprise. I always feel like people always bring in these flyer guys that cornerback, but it kind of seems that they're kind of standing pat. What's the feeling on cornerback? Well,
2: it's going to depend on what happens with Xavier and Howard for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, easily. Defensive player of the year candidate, first player with 10 interceptions in a season since what, 2006, 2008, something like that. Um, You know, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones show me a better quarterback or cornerback tandem in football. And, you know, at least we can have a debate about it. Uh, (laughs) Noah Igbenogany that they took in the first round last year had a lot of promise, a lot of talent, was the youngest player in that draft and really showed, leaps and bounds off the game day field last season as the season wore on. So he might have a little more role this year when they go to three or four quarterback sets in the dime, nickel, et cetera. And there's two guys that kind of exciting um, that were undrafted. Uh, Trill Williams jumped out in, in camp um, a few weeks ago. And then Jalen Askew is another one that I also got really excited about when they signed him as an undrafted. Uh, and then you've got Justin Coleman that they signed as well to come in and compete for that, that nickel spot. Um, so there's, and Miami loves their defensive backs. It's, it, it, you know, they, they help generate the pass rush by, by giving more time to your front seven.
3: And, you know, I know this is, this is kind of a, not as common of a question, but I, I brought this up too earlier with a gentleman that we had on talking to Cowboys. Is is your special teams whole unit whether it's returning, kicking, punting, you know, just a combination of it. Is there any kind of sus- suspect feelings that this this core could make or break five different five six game wins or losses depending what happens, you know, especially with what Jason Sanders can do as a kicker, and you know if Jakeem Grant can can really explode as a returner.
0: Oh,
2: there is. I mean. People forget how much special teams decide games. It, it's, you know, the one thing I'm curious about is seeing how Michael Pallardy re- recovers from some health issues. If he's able to be the guy he was a few years ago, he could be a fun one to watch out there uh, as as the punter, which hopefully we don't see him very often. Um, but, you know, we got tired of watching what's his face shank punts off his foot last year. I lost his name out of my brain.
0: That's um, yeah.
2: Blake Ferguson's reliable and steady as they come as, as a long snapper. And Jakeem Grant, it, well, what was he? Second team all-pro last year as a so
3: he he seemed like as the season went on it was like the light bulb stopped flickering and just stayed on.
2: Yeah. And and people forget about that. Every, everybody wants to talk about that one pass that went off his fingertips last year. Um but you watch him on special teams alone, and people don't really fully realize how much Flores and his staff put an emphasis on special teams. It's, I mean, Christ, they signed Clayton, Clayton from and gave him a decent check. And, <laughs> you know, he can't play anything but special teams. It's, we saw that in the Arizona game last year. Like, he had to get on the field a couple times because McCain went into concussion protocol and had another – brief injury and, and good lord it was disgusting at safety uh with, with him on the field I, I i i think i lost my lunch about four times in one play just watching him just run into himself out there
3: um you know it, and i say that too because it's, you know it's obvious as vikings fans that special teams have haunted us since you know 1998 <laughs> good old gary anderson who He wants to make every extra point and every field goal until the NFC championship game. Hey, when Percy Harvin
4: was here, it was tight.
3: Yeah, that's true. Mm. Percy was good, but we did have Blair Walsh. Let's not forget. Blair
4: Walsh was super tight.
3: (laughs) When he he missed that like twelve yard kick at TCF to lose to the Seahawks in the first round, the most boring football game I've ever watched in my life. I was, I was sick. God bless America. Well, um,
2: I mean, let's face it. You guys need an emphasis on special teams. with Kirk Cousins, at quarterback. I mean. Don't, I mean, don't
3: talk about <laughs> my boy that way. <laughs> we, we need an emphasis on offensive line is what we need with that. My God. I've never seen a, a quarterback come into a situation and go from excited about a payday to terrified by the end of the first quarter in his first game going, isn't anyone going to stand up for me? No. They're just going to. It's like a bull rush. It's like the, the the running of the bulls.
2: I don't know. They might be Olayan just based on his attitude. You know. It's, <laughs> it's... <laughs>
0: hey,
3: we we all know we all know when it when it comes to uh, when it when it comes to Mister Kurt Thompson. You like
0: that? You like
3: that? that that's, that's, that's that's the guy out there. Uh and and uh I don't know if anyone wants to take a guess. 2007 was the last person with 10 interceptions. Do either of you want to take a guess who it was?
4: 2010?
2: Uh it was 2007. I, I actually know this one. Um god. I'm totally blanking on the name, but I do know this one.
3: Darrell Revis? Um, no, no.
2: 2007.
3: Nope. Wasn't Revis? Really? No, he he wasn't even I don't, was he even in the league in 2007 yes that's when he was good well oh, he didn't even have four interceptions that year then so it wasn't very good um oh, the correct man. answer is is the what, guy what, what, who he he I'll, I'll give you a hint it's the guy who Revis replaced yeah hey, what's...
2: Mm. he has
3: he has as many kids as uh as uh nick cannon probably was Philip it Cromartie? Rogers.
2: It was Cromartie. Yes,
3: Antonio Cromartie. There we go. <laughs> I, do you remember that, like, 2006 hard knocks when he was trying to, like, talk about his family and he couldn't remember all the kids' names? He's like, I, uh, uh, I was like, oh, my God. Stop talking because they're
0: not going to edit this. <laughs>
2: Stop. Well, it's like oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick puts on 50 pounds every off season just having a birthday <laughs> cake with his kids.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Fitzpatrick. That that guy's going to play longer than than, uh, than, – who is – Trent Dilfer. He's he's, he's getting one of those Dilfer runs.
4: Here's the question. Does Ryan Fitzpatrick make Hall of Fame? Does Ryan Fitzpatrick make the Hall of Fame?
3: No. God. Do do you think he does – like, do you actually think he has a shot at it, Luke? Is that what you asked?
4: I'm just curious. I mean – isn't he, like, top like 10 in, or, like, top 20 in yards or something ever?
2: Yeah, but, I mean, he's played for
3: 40 years. I mean, <laughs>
4: yeah. good Lord. So has Frank Gore, and he's in the top five. Is he a Hall of
3: Famer? I think Frank Gore no. might be, yeah. yeah. I, I, would, I would argue Frank Gore, see? but I would not argue Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you want to that's that thing is Gus Farrat in the Hall of Fame. He should be. Oh yeah,
2: I can just imagine Frank Gore's acceptance speech. Like, I couldn't have averaged four yards per carry every year for thirty years without, and then listing off every offensive lineman he ever played with, and the fact that he ends up backing up his kid before he retires. Like, I'm, Frank Gore played for my team, and I like the guy. He seems like a good dude, but for you know, three point seven yards per carry some seasons, uh, you know. He just ran a thousand times. So it looks great on paper. If you just look at the total number.
3: I, I think the thing I just respect about Frank Gore is you look at some of these guys when they came in the league, when they left the league in like five years and he's been playing since like, it feels like the nineties and he looks like the same picture he took when he came in. Like, I mean, he's just a specimen. (laughs) I think it's what I just, I respect it. I, I, was, you know, he's, he's no, oh, I respect he's, it, but you know, like he's John there's a lot of things I
2: respect that don't belong in the Hall of Fame, man.
0: That's very true.
3: <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Look, they, it's it's like the WWE Hall of fam, Fame. They got to have that one like weak guy to, to be your first person. You know, everybody everybody needs a uh, you know Coco Beware or something. That you know one of those one of those that shouldn't be Molly Holly or something. <laughs> and no offense yeah. to Nora. I, I know Nora Greenwald from, from wrestling in Minnesota You know for 10 years. I do apologize. I doubt she's listening, but if you do, I, I, I appreciate you. I, I probably shouldn't Look, have said just, that. But... Just,
2: Molly Holly, if you are listening, just it was not Paul Pickens that said it.
3: it, was, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was... Oh, man. She used to do the NIW shows back in the day with us after she left uh, the E. Really nice. Very nice. Very nice, woman. I got to ask you here, Paul, uh, last question yes. on it. What is your your prediction on their record? What are they going to finish?
2: I'm going to I'm going to go with what I feel is actually a little bit conservative at 12 and 5. Um
0: okay.
2: which is crazy to say, but I mean, you look at the improvements to this roster and yeah, every season's different. Uh, the Jets are just still lost in a barren wasteland. Uh, I do think the Bills are due for a little bit of course correction as far as some of the things that happened last year that could have gone a different way. The ball just happened to bounce the right way for him, which in some cases was out of bounds as Josh Allen fumbled it multiple times. But, you know, it, it's I just feel like the Bills are due to come down to earth a little bit. The Pats are just... You know, basically playing '90s Redskins football uh, <laughs> as far as their off season goes. Like, oh, let's just sign every above average player from five years ago and call it a day. Um, you know, like yeah, Nelson Aguilar. have like oh, see, yeah, Mac Jones.
0: Like,
2: Bill Belichick <laughs> Jones in the
3: first idol. round. You're right. I remember when he, like, shook hands with uh, Bagatelli. He was like, this is what I was hoping was going to happen, baby. And I was like, get the hell out of here, you bum. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Like, I mean, Miami's playing against, what, two rookie quarterbacks probably this year uh, in four games. And, you know, possibly more in others. Uh, You know, between the Jets and Patriots, it's probably going to be two rookie quarterbacks uh, for those games. And like I said, I I think Josh Allen threw – too many should be interceptable balls last year, and you're just not going to get away with that against Miami very often if they've got their starters on the field in the secondary.
3: I, I, I respect it. Yet yeah, twelve and five. Um, I, I will say, you know, we are we're now fourteen for fourteen, almost halfway done with our previews, and nobody has given a sixteen game um, win record, which almost happened well, in our last year. Well,
2: you want them to go seventeen games this year?
3: Yeah, we we almost had a twelve and four with our last guest and they, they, they caught it at the last second. I was like, oh, that would have been it. That would have been the first one. And Dude, I, knew, I didn't even I,
2: hesitate with my numbers, man. Like,
3: <laughs> we're good. I, I will say too, there's only one person so far who's come on that has actually given their team a losing record. Everybody else has. I mean, we had the Rams, uh, you know, a gentleman from the Rams said 15-2. and two. Like, I've seen some, see some wild things. But, uh, the gentleman from the Jets was like six and eleven. It didn't even hesitate. Yeah, I mean, what, what what can you say
2: there? Like, you know, barring a plane crash in you know what twelve other NFL stadiums, it's just not going to happen. Like, it, it's the Jets aren't like anywhere near there. Like, I can't even say there. They're not near there. Like, they're in a horrible place right now.
0: Uh, <laughs>
2: And, and, and I, I, I'm not going to say I don't love it, but at the same time, it does get a little boring when a team isn't competitive um, and they just aren't. And, you know, like – and I'll tell you right now, we've had multiple times where, where, I, where I've been on shows with, with other folks and they've said, well, you know, who could have seen Miami being 10-6 and six last year? I've, I said exactly that before the season,
0: like multiple <laughs> times.
2: So – I stuck to my guns on it. Yeah, that I, it, you know, if you went game by game, I got a couple of them wrong, but
3: end of the day, the result was the same. Yeah, it's it's a new era that that division where with with Miami and Buffalo up top instead of, you know, the Patriots. And to be fair, the Jets were about the last other one too when you know somehow in the, the Sanchez era when they were making some some AFC runs, but it's definitely yeah, but flipped oh. and. <laughs> the <butt> blood <fumble>. football, <laughs> but it's good to see. And, and I, I hope Miami does well. Yeah. I, I do. I do it or not? <laughs> I was hoping you would. <laughs> um uh, you know. I, I do got to ask, as, as, as they do every time you're with us, um, because yeah. it's just kind of it's kind of the trend. Uh, we didn't do it. Our, our first our first segment was so fast we were like. While wow, we're out of time, we didn't have a lot of things to talk about. This time, we gotta kind of got us together and had a little more fun. You want to play some Uber Facts with us, real quick? Let's do it.
0: Yeah,
3: we we love we love them Uber Facts here. Uber
2: Facts: the most unimportant things you'll never
0: need to know.
3: Obviously, yes. we we've, we've had Paul with us before playing this. Luke, you know the drill. For everybody who's listening, you can play at home. I will give you four facts. You have to identify which is the fact that is not true. With that being said, uh, Paul, I'll have you guess first. Luke, I'll have you come in second there. Let's play some Uber facts. Number one, in 2015, a teenager named Bud Weiser was arrested at a Budweiser brewery in downtown St. Louis. Number two, when 18-year-old Lady Gaga studied at NYU, her classmates... Made a Facebook page that said, we hate Stephanie Germanita, her real name, will never be famous, and called her an attention whore. She then dropped out to pursue her career in music, and obviously the rest is history. If I, I butchered her last name, and I apologize for that. Number three. Sean Bean, who played Ned Stark, and Peter Dinklage, who played Tyrion Lannister, auditioned together for Game of Thrones because they knew each other, so they arranged to do an audition scene at the same time. Strangely, though, uh, they both got their respective parts, but they never did an actual scene together until Ned Stark was killed off in season one. Uh, Spoilers for everybody who hasn't seen it. And number four, it is illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because, according to authorities, they tend to get lonely. Those are your four facts tonight. Paul, what's the fake fact?
0: Oh,
2: what was the second one again?
3: Second one was uh, 18 year old Lady Gaga studied at NYU and her classmates uh, with her first name, Stephanie Germanita, I believe it was how it's pronounced, made a Facebook page call. She will never be famous and called her an attention whore. Uh, She then dropped out to pursue her career in music and the rest is history.
2: I'm going to go with the Budweiser one.
3: All right. Luke, what do Final you got, answer. sir? Final answer. Oh, get in. Give him the Ric Flair. Woo!
4: What was the third one?
3: The third one was the Game of Thrones one. Uh, Sean Bean, who's Ned Stark, Peter Dinklage, who's Tyrion Lannister. Um, they, they knew each other. They auditioned for Game of Thrones together um, to get the job, but they were never in a scene together until at the end of season one, when Ned Stark was killed off. They were both uh, and Winterfell together, but they were never on screen together until then.
4: I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with that one.
0: Okay. Ooh. Um.
3: So, uh, you guys are, were smart to stay away from the Lady Gaga thing. That was 100% true. Yep. Um, also, it is illegal to own just one, one guinea pig in Switzerland. That is a true fact. So I want. I even followed up on that. Um the winner of Uber uh of Uberfax tonight is actually Luke. You're the winner. What? Uh the point really happened. Here's the really? thing. They never even had to audition. The parts were written for them.
2: Ah, damn it. Sure.
3: Yeah. I knew if you I knew if 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 whoever played was a Game of Thrones fan, they'd be like, Oh, that one for sure. And then I forgot to have seen the show.
0: never seen it.
3: <laughs> like, damn it. But yes, uh, the, 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 while, while everything else was whatever, um, they didn't even have to audition. The, the parts were written for them. Uh, and they were just casting as, hey, we want you to play this part. Obviously, Tyrion Lannister, you had to find the right person. Peter Dinklage was perfect. No one's going to bring in oh. Wes Warwick or whoever it was that played the leprechaun anymore. So.
0: Little, oh, little, little bit yeah, of God. <laughs> yeah, no, that,
2: that got me, because I, I knew Sean Bean and Dinklage had worked together before, so I just kind of went with, with uh, the Budweiser one, even though it felt, God. <laughs> hey, if you want a good, by the way, if you want a good Peter Dinklage movie that's hilarious and just horrific, but great at the same time, Knights uh-huh. of Badass them.
3: Knights of Badass, I'm writing this down now.
2: It, it's, it's a horror movie about, involving LARPing.
3: If, oh. if that tells you anything. Is, is
2: this on like Netflix by chance? Oh, it's on Netflix. It's on Amazon. Peter oh, Dinklage thanks. is like tripping on mushrooms for half the movie. It, it's amazing.
3: <laughs> I, I got this written down. I gotta I gotta watch the Atsushi Onita Independence Day show in Tokyo where they had the they made fun of AW's barbed wire bomb match. I gotta watch that tonight and finish Stardom. But then that's the first thing going on the docket because I, I don't know for those of you who. Know about AEW when when they had their barbed wire death match. The it was like small firecrackers and it was incredibly underwhelming. And oh. uh, they had a spot where a guy hit the ropes and they had like silver streamers on the ropes and he hit he hit the rope and he just starts screaming, shaking back and forth as nothing's happening. I was like,
0: damn! Oh. They just and
3: Sushi Onita just totally crapped on a uh, Kenny Omega and John Moxley. but I laughed. I him <laughs> hey. With that being said though, Paul, thank you so much as always, man, coming on. You always deliver the goods. and That's why we're always excited to have you. I'm sure we will uh we'll have to get back in touch and talk about this dolphins as the season progresses. But uh plug everything you got one more time for all of our listeners that may have jumped in after uh to hear what you got and where they can where they can listen and read you.
2: Oh yeah, check check us out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash on the side with an F. Uh that you'll you'll get all our live stuff there. And then as far as the if you want to listen to it after the fact, you just want to listen to it while you're in the car, on at the gym, any of that stuff. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh Podbean, Pod whatever else is out there, you know, all those places. We've got a great partnership going on with Minute Media. And you can also check us out if you go to finfanatic.com. Every single article there will have a player with the latest podcast episode as well. Uh, e- even if I you know dust it off and actually write something or anybody else on the site does we're out there um you know and yeah man like it, it's a good time come interact with us on the youtube channel man it, it, it's so much fun
3: heck yeah I'm, I'm i wrote that down here in my notes as well i'm gonna have to check that out after and throw that follow on that man we'll uh, we'll talk soon as always uh thanks again for coming by with us
2: hey thanks for having me man i always have a good time with you guys so thank awesome.
3: you thanks Al uh paul pickett jr one of one of our favorites here at sportscast radio always delivering the goods i apologize for cowboys fans but for whatever reason we just were more comfortable with the dogs and <laughs> you know at least it wasn't the the raiders the jaguars luke the raiders are tight
4: no the raiders are tight don't talk about my boy the raiders all right <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, not according to uh, some of these things these here. Um, I do have a little bit of a uh, randomness that I want to bring up uh, okay. as well. Um, have you ne- have you heard this new song that uh, has come out? By who? You might have heard it, but you might not have heard it. Um, do you know what song this is?
4: Uh, I don't know the name of it, but I know
3: it, yeah. Open up the okay ass, yeah. okay yeah. pop up, you looking tight, chat. Yeah. Nice chat, yeah. got your bio reading, right chat. Yeah. Precise yeah. before you find a date, chat, yeah. you gotta wait chat. Yeah. Gotta go back to nature, <laughs> get a straight chat. Yeah. Girl, you look good, want your facts, that thing. I'm yeah. using a handful <laughs> of that thing, yeah. What is that thing, is freak back that night. that that Need to back that thing up. I know you can't stand it No holding hands, chick But when we get the shot We gonna be romancing Girl, oh you
0: Please shut scene. this off We can
3: meet up at the spot And we could do the same Internet, fake, yeah I'm mean, going make, yeah
2: Download the app, shorty You ain't got a wait, yeah I love it when you hold me Ain't plant emojis You could
3: be the young hot thing I'll be the OG Girl, you look
0: good.
3: to steal back that thing <laughs> Are you not a fan of the new Juvie track?
4: God, not about...
3: Luke, Luke, ladies and gentlemen, is one of
4: those Anti-vaxxers I Where am I'm not, don't be, don't be spreading that Shit around <laughs> I'm gonna have people showing up to my house like oh, <laughs> Son of a
0: bitch oh,
4: Yeah, exactly bitch. <laughs> Some dude's gonna stop me in the fucking Street and go, you're that Motherfucker <laughs>
3: <laughs> No, no, Luke just had, had the thing So he can't get a shot for a while <laughs> That is right Oh <laughs> Um, look, you can always do what Zack Sabre Jr. said and just do this.
1: Why not, Doug? Who's trying keto now, dickhead?
3: You he's always just be Zack Sabre Jr. and call people dickheads. <laughs> oh,
0: it's
3: fantastic. Do, do, do you remember when Jr. got started on fire? I'm just fighting all these old clips. <laughs>
4: Oh God!
3: That was that was Kane with one of those those things you put against your throat. Yeah, because you know he couldn't talk, and then he started J.R. on fire.
4: That
3: happened. <laughs> so we got a lot of good stuff. Out here. I got I got I found Jonathan Coachman introducing Wrestlecast radio. He got some fun shit out here.
4: You remember that time that Charles Barkley said that he wanted to kill Skip Baylor? I
3: I kill Skip Bayless. You need to bring Skip Bayless in here, and I'll kill him. I, do I do a decent Charles Barkley?
4: No, not at all.
3: Come on, man! I thought it sounded okay.
4: Really? Do it. For, do it for me one more time.
3: Okay. Um, what do you What do you want me to talk about? Give me something to talk about. And I will.
4: Killing Charles. Killing uh, Skip Bayless.
3: There, Patrick, you need to bring Skip Bayless in. Skip Bayless and I will kill him. Uh, it's
4: actually all right. It's not great. Okay. But it's not awful.
3: You You don't hold it in your car and you're singing. And you think you sound good, but you really don't. That's how it feels, when I when I do it. Oh, okay. You know, Nikola Jokic, <laughs> Michael Jr. Porter, that that one. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, not I, I didn't
0: really you off there. Um,
3: <laughs> um, where do you want to go first? You want to go real MVP? You want to go three strikes, or you want to go our week seven predictions? Let's see the so- predictions. Let's say the okay. predictions.
4: All right, let's do uh, Three strikes.
0: Let's do some Three strikes. That's how I like to do you. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim and Magoo actually doesn't always do
3: Three strikes, ladies and gentlemen, presented by repsports.com. Use promo code RESTLECAST. Get 15% off your order here. Once again, thank you, Rep Sports, for sponsoring three strikes as we come at you here. Um, flip. would you like to go first, or would you like me to challenge first?
4: No, I want to go first.
3: Okay. Um, I, I, I've been thinking about this, and I think as we play three strikes every week, we should keep track of who gets the most right answers and call it a W. All right, sounds and good. By the end of the year, we should figure out who wins the most weeks of three strikes.
4: What does the winner get?
3: Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go. I also, as we... As this is the first show of the second. Are you okay? Are you pooping?
4: No, I'm itching my arm. I have a minute, so you by should, it. I you can't should, get use, it to go away.
3: You should use itching your face as a real excuse. That's what she told me. <laughs> um... You know, um... Uh, the other thing I was thinking about, this is where, you know, this is bite Mason and Ireland, but it's a great bit. And I wish they did it more, but what a, what a goal, by the way, by Harry Kane today, um, all breaking news. Dodgers remove power merchandise from store team also cancels his bobblehead night schedules for August 19th. Um, I heard from somebody who was an attorney that this thing is going to be a lot deeper and a lot more uglier than people think is going to happen. I am predicting now that we will never see Trevor Bauer pitch for the Dodgers again. Yeah. Ever. Which doesn't bother it's me like one bit.
4: Punch girls yeah. in the butthole.
3: Yeah. So whatever. That guy I was I I didn't want the guy anyway, especially with the amount of money they paid him. I I like that the Dodgers are a team that, that drafts and finds talent, not spends money on it. And they yeah, spent dude. money on the guy. And what happened when they spent money on the guy? He turned into a butt puncher. So screw that guy. Harry Kane getting his second goal. England going to the finals of the Euro, uh, defeating uh, England or Denmark was that magical run. But um, yeah, so that just happened. Um, but the other thing, as we start the second half of the year, I think we should, and we can keep track of it, and we can either start it um, today before the show's over. We can give our 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 pick um and and we we need to find a website that we want to use that that's got the i'm thinking my bookie because they're they're a, they're a friend of uh Replicast radio but we should play some, we should play what's called mystical money so right now we each have fifty thousand dollars okay okay and we we every week we have to place a bet, whether we're placing one bet, three bet, part, you know, whatever. And we can wait. Let's start it next week just so I can, we can talk after the show about, damn, like, do you know odds? Do you understand betting odds and all that crap? Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Okay. So maybe we can still figure it out tonight. When we each have 50K, the goal is to see who has the most money on our last show of the year. Huh? I like it. You like it? You want to do that? I like
4: it. I like it. All right.
3: So we will get some mythical money. Um, I, I'll, I can pull, I'll pull up a website. Now you got to figure this is going to, this is going to go for the entire week. So you can pick something from now until next Wednesday that you want to bet on, um, whether it's one thing, multiple things, you know, if you want to look at the schedules going forward or, you know, just pick, pick something. Um, but before the show is over, we'll make, we should each make at least one bet. Um, All right. Let's figure it out, and and I will tell you right now. I'm going to pull this up because I want these numbers right now. I'm going to go over to go over to the guys at mybookie.ag. Uh, go over Where's there. It?
0: My mybookie.ag.
4: How's bookie spelled? I e. Uh,
3: yeah, b o k i e. Ag. Fantastic, fantastic thing here. Um, I'm going to do two two odds. I'm going to place. So once again, it is. Um you know, the, the minus, if they're, you know, a minus minus one hundred and fifty, you have to spend $150 to make a hundred. If they're a plus one Oh five or whatever, a hundred wins you a hundred and five bucks, or you could take the over under. And then it's just like a, it's like a pickup if you will. Okay. So, um, and, and if you want to do a parlay, I can put together a parlay as well. So, um, you know, we, we can go through and we can look at that stuff. Um, um, I'm gonna lay my my first uh, my first bets right now, and I am going to bet five thousand dollars on Dustin Poirier to defeat Conor McGregor on Saturday. Well, you're
4: wrong, bitch. Shut up.
3: <laughs> and that's gonna pay me out $3703.70, um, according to their stat line. So thirty seven oh three point seven. And then I am also which. Is kind of going against you, which I find even funnier. Um, I am going to take as well the Phoenix Suns to win Game Two as well, um, and that's a minus two twenty. And I'm going to put another five thousand on the Suns to defeat the Bucks. So that five thousand dollar bet's going to win me twenty two seventy two seventy three. So I'm going to write these both down. So, you can look around, figure out what you want to do. Let me know when you have something. Uh, But those are – I'm going to place two bets. Once again, I'm betting 5K on the Suns to win, and I'm putting 5K on Dustin Poirier to defeat Conor McGregor again. Those are my two bets. That's
4: because you're fucking gay.
3: (laughs) Jeez. You can't say that not on Xbox.
4: I can say whatever I want.
3: Um, What is your three strengths?
4: Do you want the easy one or the hard one?
3: I want the one you're presenting to me on June 7th since we're keeping track
0: of this. <laughs> All
4: right, we'll we'll go with the harder one then. My three strike this week is the uh uh college top 10 college teams that have the most first round picks since 2000.
3: What sport?
4: College football.
3: College football. Okay. Top ten teams of the most first round picks in the since the year two thousand. Yes, Alabama.
4: Alabama is number two with thirty one.
3: Notre Dame.
4: Uh, that is your first strike. Um Okay, Ohio State is number one, tied with Alabama at thirty one. Oklahoma. And they are one, two, three, four. Eh, what the. Hold on. They are number eight
1: okay. uh
4: with sixteen. Penn State. That is your second strike.
3: Jeez Louise. LSU.
4: That is your third strike. Wow.
3: And I gave you a layup. Yeah. To be nice to you. This is gonna Uh, drastically change now. uh, But when you
4: when you when when I when I list these, you're gonna think in your head like, "Oh, that makes sense."
3: So you got number one in Miami, Florida State, Florida.
4: Yeah, yeah. So number three is Miami, the U Florida, with thirty. Number four is Florida State, twenty-four.
3: Number not both of those.
4: Number five is USC at twenty-two. Okay. Uh, number six is Florida at 19. Number number seven is Georgia at 19. I
3: was going to say Georgia or LSU, and I didn't.
4: You got Oklahoma at eight. Number nine is Texas at 16. And number 10 is Wisconsin at 15.
3: All right. Well, I'm coming harder because I gave you a layup because I felt bad. Uh, that's what you say week.
4: every. That's what you say every week, and then I never get them anyway. So.
3: Well, yeah, that's fair. Well, you only got to beat three, and there's no. If you don't get four of these, I, you're you shouldn't be on the radio.
4: Okay, sounds good.
3: <laughs> like I looked at this, and you should get at least like you should get at least seven, if not nine of these. Okay, but seven, seven, I think for sure. Um, Name me the top 10 point scorers all time in regular season history in the NBA.
4: Michael Jordan.
3: Number five.
4: LeBron James.
3: Number three.
4: Kobe Bryant.
3: Number four. Tim Duncan. That's your first strike. Oh, really?
4: All time, you said? Yeah. Okay. Never mind then. Um,
3: Kareem. Number one.
4: Damn, I already beat you. <laughs>
3: um, Larry Bird? That's uh, number two.
4: All right. What do I got? How many do I have left? Five?
3: Yeah, you have one, three, four, or five. You only have four.
4: Okay. Uh, magic?
3: Uh that's all. Damn, you literally only got four. I almost pulled that. Off. I should have pulled it off. If I would have said Georgia. Man. Okay, so uh you missed number 2 Carl Malone, Carl Malone. The postman, Carl. Uh, the the mailman. Mailman, the postman, that's it. Postman, postman um, same thing. Number 6 Dirk Nowitzki. Number 7 Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Number 8 Shaquille O'Neal. I was gonna say Shaq, but I didn't think he scored that much. Uh, number nine, Moses Malone. That's the one I thought you wouldn't get. Moses and Malone. Number ten, Carmelo Anthony.
4: See, I, I thought him too, but I thought he was too young.
3: Carmelo Anthony has been in the league since two thousand four.
4: Yeah, I know, but like, I don't know.
3: He's too young. <laughs> what was your What was your easy three strikes? So the same
4: question but all time the team with the most first round picks all time which which had LSU, Penn State, Alabama, Ohio yeah, State, Florida. Notre Dame. All
0: right,
3: we're going to this week is a wash. We're starting next week. Cuz we're going to we got to come correct on it. No, you know, I'm going to give it to you. Whatever, that's fine. I I'm I'm, I'm no bitch. I did right. Are you going are, are you going to
4: cry about that?
3: No, I just said I gave you the win. I'm no bitch. So All right, sounds good. Have you watched uh, Have you watched Lightning Can't Jump yet?
4: No, I have not.
2: Oh, uh, my man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar. Like
3: Aguilar. <laughs> um, once again, I have the Sons and Dustin Poirier. 10K of my 50 uh, going out there to bring back a nice 6K or so back. Um, let's move into this. Into uh, this, right here.
0: MVP, MVP,
3: oh, oh, hey. MVP, 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 oh, MVP, so so, All the nods out there. Shout out to Kevin Durant, the uh, the man who airballed his game winning shots. <laughs> Nikita Kucherov is just slamming beers by the way at the podium, and he's not wearing a shirt and doing his post game interview right now. This man might be my real MVP. This guy is hammering with a cocked hat, drinking a beer, um, answering media questions about his shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah, God, dude no, tight. Oh, I
3: think, uh, Shout out to Demtress. He has a, uh, a uh, Nikita Kucherov jersey. Man, Tampa Bay has not lost consecutive playoff games since the first round of 2019 when they got swept by Columbus. They are just on a tear. Um, my real MVP. Speaking of that, goes to the Conn Trophy winner, Andre Vasilevsky. Gets a out in Game Five. Played out of this world in the playoffs. Starting goalie for your Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Nikita Kucherov, though, close second. Thirty-two points this postseason led the NHL in that. But uh, Andre Vasilevsky, you are my real MVP. Otherwise, I was going to say Shohei. But...
4: Shohei. <laughs> Uh, my real MVP this week is a man by the name of Eric Haas. He plays left field for the Detroit Tigers. He had 18 at-bats this week. He had seven runs, four home runs, 11 uh, RBIs, uh, batted about 400 as an average, seven hits, and slugging percentage of
3: 1.11. You know we're going to have a moment's challenge with him next week.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: In a moment, I gotta get my moments done tonight on uh, for the 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 new uh, Kyle Schwarber card.
4: Kyle Schwarber.
3: <laughs> Fifteen overs in seventeen games. It's pretty good. And I'll play in the book. Um, so uh, as we go through our picks here for week seven, do you want to make the picks and then or sh- should I give us give everybody where we're at? Or do you not wanna know yet?
4: Oh no, I want to know.
3: Okay. So there is some, you know, some obvious ones that, you know, you could tell who we feel are definitely the front runners. There's some that you could tell we definitely think are going to be, you know, basement cellar dwellers. But there's some there's some really random stuff that I don't think if we looked at these, we would have we would have said the same thing. Okay. So as we run through here, uh, we will start with the AFC East. I have the Jets at three and two. If you have them at one and four, I have it
4: three and two. Yeah, that's weird. Mine's more yeah. realistic. I
3: agree. I have the bills at five and one. You have them at six and oh, I have the dolphins at two and four. You have them at three and three. And then I have the Patriots at one and five and you have them at two and four.
4: Yeah. The biggest thing is the Jets one. Yeah. All the other stuff sounds about right.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm shocked that I have them at that. Uh, AFC West, i uh, the Chiefs at six and zero. You have them at five and one. And the only re- the only discrepancy is I had the Chiefs beating the Bills and you had the Bills beating the Chiefs. That's that's where those two teams go from five and zero to six or six and zero to five and one. Gotcha. Um, we, I have the Broncos two and four. You have them one and five. But here's two crazy flips. I have the Raiders at four and two. You have them at zero oh and six. Dang. And I, have the, I, I have the Chargers at two and four. You have the Chargers at five and one. That's right. I do baby. <laughs> um, the AFC North or South. Um, I have the Colts at one and five. You have them three and three. I have the Texans at three and three. You have them at zero oh and six. Um, I have the Titans at three and three. You have them at four and two. Then I have the Jaguars at two and four, and you have the Jaguars at four and two with a, a rookie quarterback.
4: That's right, Trevor Lawrence, baby.
3: Um, and then uh, in the AFC North, I have Cleveland at three and three. You have them at two and four. I have the Bengals at three and three. You have them one and five. I have the Steelers at four and two. You have them at three and three. And then I have the Ravens at five and one, and you have the Ravens at three and three. I have Washington at zero and six. You have them at one and five. I have the Cowboys at four and two. You have them at two and four. I have the Eagles at two and four. You have the Eagles at two and four as well. But then we have the Giants. I have them at four and two, and you have the Giants at five and one.
4: That's right. <laughs> why? Why do I have them there?
3: I have no idea. I was like, oh my god, that's the only reason. I was like, now he's going to make them lose every game. Now that's why I don't to say that. Um, so then uh, next we have the NFC West I have the Niners at 0 and 5 and you have them at 3 and 2 Hmm. Um, I have the Rams at 3 and 3 you have them at 5 and 1 I have the Cardinals at 6 and 0 you have them at 5 and 1 and then this one I have the Seahawks at 5 and 1 and had it not been for the last two games you have the Seahawks at 2 and 4 you had them starting 0 and 4 on the season.
4: That's right.
3: <laughs> I was like,
4: "Wow,
3: I don't think he would have done that one." Um, uh, NFC South: I have the Falcons at three and two. You have them two and three. I have the Saints at one and four. Even two and three. I have the Panthers at two and four. You have them at three and three. You did have the Panthers starting three and zero. I was nervous they were going to be running the table. Um, and then we both have the Buccaneers at five and one, with their only loss coming to the Chiefs, I believe.
4: Yeah, I think
0: that's right. Um,
3: and then uh, NFC North. This this is a little wild. So um, I have the Lions at two and four. You have them at zero oh and six. I have the Packers at five and one. You have them at four and two. I have the Vikings at four and two. You have them at five and one. I have the Bears at zero oh and six, and you have the Bears five and one. Really. Mm-hmm.
4: No, that's not right. Who do they play? <laughs> I'm going to pull this up.
3: Okay, so, so we'll go through this here. Chicago Bears, week one, you have – or we both took the Rams over the Bears, and then yeah. you've not turned your back on the Bears. Because that's what Justin
4: <laughs> Fields is going to start, baby. Yeah.
3: You had the Bears over the Bengals. I had the Bengals over the Bears. Week 3? Which I could
4: see that with, with Joe Burrow. I could see that. Okay, that one I could see. I had the
3: Browns over the Bears. You had the Bears over the Browns.
4: Okay, that was stupid. I don't know why I did that one.
3: <laughs> week 4? <four, coughs> excuse me. Sorry. I had the Lions over the Bears. You had the Bears over the Lions.
4: Which I could see. That one's doable. Yep.
3: Uh, week 5? Um, I had the Raiders over the Bears. You had the the Bears over the Raiders. Which I could see.
4: That one's doable.
3: Um, And then uh, week six, where did it go? Uh, You had the Bears over the Packers, and I had the Packers over the Bears. Okay, that one I don't know either. All
4: right.
3: I know Bears are at home. I don't know if that changes it, but...
4: Maybe maybe that's what I thought, and then maybe I thought Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to play, so...
3: Yeah, I was like, Oh, my God. He's got the Bears and the Giants as the best teams in the NFC. (laughs) Fucking
0: tight.
3: (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Let's move to these week seven picks. Once again, the second team is the home team if you're keeping score at home. Uh, We have the Broncos taking on the Cleveland Browns.
4: I'm going to go Browns.
3: I am also going to go Browns. Uh, The Washington football team taking on the Green Bay Packers.
4: I'm going to go Packers.
3: I am also going to go Packers. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs as well. The Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins.
4: I'm going to go Dolphins.
3: I am also going to go Dolphins. Uh, The New York Jets at the New England Patriots. I'm going to go...
4: This one's horrible. I'm going to go Patriots.
3: I'm gonna go Patriots too. The Panthers at the Giants.
4: I'm gonna go Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like
3: shit. I'm gonna go them. <laughs> we got them at five and two and six and one. <laughs> oh, we're dumb. Bengals at Ravens. I'm gonna go Ravens. I am also gonna go Ravens. Um, Eagles at the Raiders. Um,
4: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Eagles.
3: I am also going Eagles. Apparently, this is the week we should be in Vegas doing the parlay because we agree on everything. Um the Lions at the Rams in the Goff versus Stafford battle.
4: I'm gonna go Rams.
3: I am also gonna go Rams. The Texans at the Cardinals. I'm go Cardinals. I am also gonna go the Cardinals. Uh, the Bears. You're you're. Conference champions at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. <laughs> I'm going Tampa Bay as well. Um, Colts at the 49ers. 49ers. I'm going to go Colts. That's the first one we split. I don't know why I have the Niners at 0-7. I don't know either. I'm going to flip it. There's no way they're, they're going to lose again. I, I just can't. I thought about it up too much. Carson wants to split Crash anyway, and then the Saints at the Seahawks. Seahawks, I'm to Seahawks as well. Okay, week seven is officially the week we need to go to Vegas because we agree on every single game that 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 went on there. Literally, like that's the first. That's I think it's the first time I ever see that happen. Do the
4: Vikings not play week seven?
3: Uh, week oh, we, don't we won't get to bet on the Vikings? Um, no, the the Bills, Cowboys, Vikings, Steelers, Chargers, and Jaguars are on by. Gotcha. That is Sunday, October twenty fourth.
0: Who do the Vikings
3: play <laughs> the Halloween? The Vikings play. Oh, they play Sunday night football against the Cowboys that following week. Man, we should go for for uh, for
4: Halloween. The Vikings are going to be six and one and my league. They're going to beat the Cowboys. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who do the Giants play? The Giants play at Kansas City on Monday night. Up in there, oh, that's going to be
4: their that's going to be their first loss on Monday night.
3: <laughs> I like, that second, like, you got them five and one. One of the O's? It's got to go. Niners versus Bears. I have them. Oh no, I give Niners a win, Miley. Ooh, dude, the Thursday night game on the 28th of October is car is the Packers at Cardinals.
4: That could be good if Aaron Rodgers plays.
3: Damn. If I still uh lived over in the Booger Wolf layer, um the guy across the street that that used to live in that house, he's he's a diehard Packers fan with Packers shit everywhere. I would go over there rocking rocking my JJ J. Watt or my Ky, uh Kyler Murray or something.
4: You could wear them at the same time, bro.
3: I mean they're going I'd be laying propaganda all over the place. I I'd, I'd properly display all my jerseys.
0: <laughs> all this stuff. Uh, no.
3: Let's <laughs> go. Oh yeah. Uh, we, we kinda of talked a little bit earlier. Uh Tampa Bay Lightning, your Stanley Cup champions. There was uh there was no second guessing in my mind. I was I was very confident that he was gonna get that uh, Tampa was gonna get that W. Uh Phoenix right now up one oh I know you need Milwaukee to win, but man, I don't think anybody's gonna stop Chris Paul.
4: Uh yeah they are. All right. You just need to calm down over there, Skippy.
3: Who you call Skip? You. You know, that was the the worst basketball take I've ever heard as a comeback. You better watch it, you.
4: Alright, I got my bets for next week.
3: Okay, let me uh let me let me let me pull this up right here. Um, all right, Luke, what do you got?
4: I'm going to put a, how much did you put down on Dustin Poirier? 5k. I'm going to put 5k down on Sean O'Malley over Chris Buttonhuo or whatever the his name is.
3: Okay. What does it pay out?
4: Uh, it's minus 850.
3: Did you, did you type it in on the website?
4: No, I don't know how to do that. Doug.
3: <laughs> okay, so if you if so, you go to so your, if
4: I bet five thousand, I win five hundred and eighty eight twenty four.
3: Man, that is the safest bet I've ever heard in my life. How much is it? Five hundred.
4: Five eighty eight twenty
3: four. Well, you're you're probably that's probably a lot because he's an eight and a half to one favorite.
4: <laughs> but hey, yeah.
3: that's that's still extra money. That's still money. All right,
4: and then Are you doing uh, anything that? Yeah, I'm going to do one more, but I got to go back now because I went into it. You know
3: what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sean, uh, uh, Sean O'Malley is the biggest favorite I've, I've seen in ages.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> he right.
3: he fight? That's, a, that's a smart move, though, to say. Do, uh, do they have WWE on here?
4: They don't. I was looking for it, though.
3: I, I feel like I thought they had wrestling on here. I was some looking reason. for
4: because I was gonna be like matches ending in roll ups. <laughs>
3: I I'm gonna just search for it just in case. They do. Uh there's, there's a there's a there's a there's a WWE SB the cut off the wager cut is July tenth. Did you know that SBs have a WWE moment?
4: No, I did not.
3: Oh, wow. I am, I might, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do another one. I'm doing another one. Okay. I'm going to put 2,500 on the best WWE moment uh, being Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks main events, WrestleMania.
0: WrestleMania. All right.
3: So um, I'm putting 2,500. They are a plus. They're a plus 350, so it'll net me 87.50 in winnings if they get it.
0: That's tight.
3: The, uh, the, the minus the 200 of the favorite is Edge, coming back.
0: Uh,
3: second is, at a plus 180, Bianca Belair wins the Royal Rumble, and at a plus 500, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest at WrestleMania. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's funny.
3: God, WWE is so drastic. Uh, Did you have your other one?
4: Yeah, I do. I'm also... I'm going to put... I'm going to put 1,000 down on Milwaukee to win game two, and that net's uh, 1,800 for a win.
0: Okay,
3: 1,800. All right, we got our bets in for the week here. Got a... Got that going. That'll be kind of fun. We'll keep that going. Luke is also uh, up by one point in in uh, three strikes. I'm gonna be coming hey. back next week where I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him who won the who is the top ten leading scorers in in uh, Australian rugby history. <laughs> I'm just I Don't we'll don't, do don't
4: ask me that because I don't
3: know. No, we to to be fair, should the criteria be it's got to be something involving the four major sports.
4: Yeah, just to make it easy.
3: Okay. I would love to include wrestling, but I would... How uh, is Dustin the
4: Poirier the underdog in this
3: fight? He's not. He's the favorite.
4: So why do you get more money for bidding on him than you do
3: Connor? You don't. I don't...
0: I don't oh, I don't you don't. You do. Oh, you don't. You yeah.
4: don't. Oh, wait. Yeah, you do so if you put $1,000 on McGregor, you win 1050 And if you put $1,000 down on Poirier, you win. So you win
3: like 800
4: You Oh, that's right. You're right. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, he's... No, shut uh, up, Ryan. A... Don't act like you know.
3: <laughs> Jeez, Gilberto Ramirez is a minus $1,000. Hoofta. Um, oh, wait. I was... hold, on,
0: hold
4: on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to put another bet in.
0: Okay,
4: I'm gonna put in uh, a thousand down on McGregor to finish the fight in under one and a half rounds. Okay, and that pays out seventeen hundred
3: rounds. And you're doing a thousand.
4: Yep.
3: And that pays out seventeen hundred. Yep. All right, and then I also am going to do one last one as like a a. a fail safe to try to make back some money in case I lose on the Poirier and the Suns thing. Um, I just got to get my my Luchi in here. I'm going to put 10K on Jamal, uh, Jamal Charlo to defeat uh, Brian Carlos Castellanos. Uh, 10,000 pays me out $3333.33.33. 33. 33. So $3,300 I get for that one at 10K.
0: I gotta That's try to make
3: someone a if I lose. All right, we well, bets are placed. Anything else you want to do? Nope. Uh, we got our four. Uh, we got our bets in for the week. Our games are done. Also, last question I gotta ask you. So, me and Sydney did uh, did some stuff where we looked through and um, looked at a map and looked at jerseys and did like a wheel decide. We we took the first team picked on Wheel the Side and the last team that was still left on Wheel the Side and then he picked a random spot on a US map and then he also pointed out a jersey he thought was cool. So those are that's the four criteria we had. We we are going to choose a NHL team to cheer for together between the two of us to make more of you will know, give us that little bond together, right? Uh the teams that that it got brought down to was the Vegas Golden Knights, the Dallas Stars, the New Jersey Devils, and the Colorado Avalanche. Ew. <laughs> Ew. He did say the Wild was his favorite jersey, but I said we can't pick our hometown team. we got to be different. Okay. How do I decide out of those four? Ooh.
4: I mean, I know which one I would personally pick, but
3: but I don't know So, like, uh, I feel like I, I feel like I feel like I don't want to take it away tonight Because that's just like hey everybody's cheering for it Yeah So then that leaves the stars The devils and the avalanche And I kind of feel like resentment towards the stars Because they left us yeah. So that leaves New Jersey and Colorado.
4: Yeah, don't do Do New Jersey, don't do Colorado either.
3: <laughs> Cause of the wild? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Maybe I'll do the who who would you get? who would be your, your team? Your obscure team.
4: Out of the four or just out of any team?
3: Like out of anything.
4: The Kraken baby.
3: See, I was thinking, do do we just bring him? Well, you you said you're you're not taking part in this with me and Jordan and Duke.
4: Probably not. Well, it depends on, like, what my training looks like for the new job and stuff.
3: Well, the expansion draft is in two weeks from today.
0: Uh,
3: What's the date of that one? The 21st.
4: Okay. I might be able to make that. I can't do, like, because the draft's actually Friday, right?
3: Yeah, that's. Okay.
4: I can't do. I can't do that one because that's the weekend I, I have my kids because my wife has a thing out of town because that's why I can't okay. come to the Wilder fight. Cause the Wilder fight's that Saturday, right? Yeah. So I might be able to do like the expansion draft though.
3: So are you are you going in with us that we are all going to become Seattle Kraken fans? Sure, I'll be there. Cracking right, it
4: well, up. Right. Ha! Will we be well, cracking jokes?
3: Yeah, I, I'm going to buy some Kraken. Ah. <laughs> People might have fallen asleep in the living room. <laughs> All right, then that it's it's settled. I think I think I'm just gonna bring Sydney along for the ride because he's you know, he's part of the boys. See how cracking it is, ladies and gentlemen. That is our new team. I'm gonna get I'm gonna have to give Sydney a custom cracking uh jersey. Just gotta see who gets drafted. I'm just
4: going to wait till they get someone tight on their team and just buy that one.
3: I mean, who's, I mean, there. some of the people I've seen in some of these mock drafts and depending how you have it going. Um, once again, next week we will be delivering our settle cracking mock draft, but I'm, I'm kind of excited. I think there's going to be some fun stuff coming out of this um, Tomorrow night guys, check out Russell cast radio nine thirty PM. We will be on. We got a lot to talk about. Talking about that GLEET show, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Pro Gleet? Wrestling Noah, uh, GLEET. It's pronounced great, but it but it's spelled GLEET. Uh, we got we got New Japan or not in New Japan. We got Dragon Gate. We got Noah. We got Stardom. It's just gonna be a hodgepodge. Also, we're gonna come back next Monday with our first half year award show, giving our first six months spot in the 2021 year of wrestling. Um, also, next Wednesday, rounding out the East. As we'll have the Buffalo Bills uh, coming on with 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 us uh, on top of the Buffalo Bills next week, we will be. uh, What are we talking? We got to talk Bills and Eagles. 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 So. Well, we'll get into those next week as well for you along with our Week 8 picks and our expansion draft. Also, Friday night, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, twitch.tv, forward slash WrestleCast Radio. Uh, we come at you with the first week after Summer Games into the Summer Games Fallout show as we begin the 2021 Royal Rose Tournament. Uh, it is just like the S1 Grand Prix, but for our women's division. We have 12 women who have never stepped foot in the summit who will begin a 11-week Royal robin Tournament with the winner uh, being crowned on September 17th. We'll move on to September 24th at our next big pay-per-view to take on Shayna Baszler for the title. That being said, we are out. We'll catch you next Wednesday. Deuce.
4: I love you.